So if I asked you the question, what is your purpose? How many of you would be able to answer that question? If you, I went to, around the community and I started asking, I go, hey, what's your purpose? How many people do you think would know how to answer that question? And I'll be honest with you, it's not very many. Uh, a lot of people go through life and that's the question they're trying to answer. And they're like going through life thinking this is a journey. I might get there someday and, and I might get an answer. Um, but I want you to know right away that God has a purpose. He has a purpose for you, he has a plan for you, and he has good things um, that he has prepared in advance for you. And, uh, and so often we walk down a road that we don't get to unlock the door um, to find that. And, and so many of those things that we don't get to unlock, those doors, or doors that we don't open, isn't because of God, it's usually because of us. Just because things we stress with and wrestle with. And so we're going through a series in September, a little bit of a sideways thing that would normally we go through books of the Bible here at New Hope. And we're going to do that here starting in October. We're actually going back to the very beginning. We're going to the book of Genesis. Um, and so that's going to be a pretty awesome thing to dig into. Some really deep doctrine, some foundations of why do we believe what we believe, honestly, in the book of Genesis. Uh, so we're going to get there in October. But for four weeks, would you go with me as we learn how to unlock your purpose? Sound good? Okay, so that's what we're going to do, and we're going to talk about four keys to that. Today's just the intro. Next week, we're going to dig in and really talk about the four keys, one key at a time, that I think that God uses to unlock um, our purpose. So today, I'm going to give you my whole sermon right at the top, okay? So if you want to fill in the blank, you can do it right now, because this is my whole sermon. God's promise and your purpose for His glory. As the main point, it's really my only point for the whole morning, okay, as we kick this off. God's promise and your purpose for his glory. Now, let me unpack each part of the three in that, in that sentence, okay? God's promise, your purpose for his glory. We look at the book of Exodus, and we see that God is a God of covenant. He's a God of promise, Right? He picked a random guy, Abraham, off the side of a desert to say, hey, you're it. You're the most righteous dude that I have found, and I'm going to build a giant nation out of, out of you because it's going to become a great nation. And out of you, actually, all nations are going to be blessed through you. Your name's going to be great, Abraham. And so he made these promises to Abraham, and he fulfilled them. Um, we're going to get into how he did it, okay, as, as we walk through this journey. But with those promises, now his people had been enslaved for 400 years now in Egypt. So this nation that Abraham had been promised now has become a slave nation under another nation in Egypt for hundreds of years, generation after generation. So that's all they know. This is who we are now, right? And then God's like, that was not my dream for you. That wasn't my promise for you to be enslaved. And so I'm going to set you free. I'm going to make some promises to my people. And so that's what he did. In, uh, and these are the promises that we're going to understand and unpack real quick this morning. He said, therefore, say to the Israelites, and here are the promises, and you're going to see these I will statements, right? These I will statements are promises from God. He says, I am the Lord, and, and when he say it, how about when he say I will, let's all say it together, okay? Everybody ready? I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So he's promising, I'm going to bring you out from, from that slavery. Like, I'm going to... Pharaoh's not going to be in charge of you anymore. Like, you're not going to be enslaved to them anymore. Like, I'm going to take you out so that you are no longer a slave. Then he says, everybody, I will free you from being slaves to them. It's like, did you just repeat yourself, God? Didn't you already say that? Like, he's like, no, 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 this is different. He's like, I'm going to free you from the land of slavery, and then I'm going to take slavery out of you. 
you hear that there's a difference because when they left the land of Egypt they were wandering in the desert and didn't have everything that they had back in Egypt and they were even like saying man I wish we had the pots of meat that we had back in Egypt God why did you do this so they longed to go back to slavery because slavery still owned their heart it's amazing when we do things that are wrong and, and, and sinful even, but they're comfortable, right? And so we actually become enslaved to the thing that brings us comfort even though it's wrong. That's when slavery, sin, owns us. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to free you from the land and I'm going to take the land out of you. I'm going I'm to take the sin out of you. I'm no, you're no longer going to be a slave inside. So it's a different. So I will bring you out and I will free you. The next one, and... I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with the mighty acts of judgment. I love the word mighty acts of judgment, right? God's like, my hand is strong and it's going to be outreached, okay? He says, I will redeem you. Redeem is a powerful word because his people had been in slavery for so long. He said, this is not my dream for you. This was not my original intent and purpose for you. To redeem something is to take something and put it back to its original intent that's what redemption is and god's like i'm taking you and freeing you and i'm going to redeem you. i'm going to put you where i intended you to be i'm going to put you back and how am i going to do it with an outstretched arm now when we think an outstretched arm from god sometimes you think of it this way outstretched arm from god right like that's how some people think of god's arm like he's there to just whack me just to be like wake up and just to discipline me and that's not the outstretched arm i see it more like jesus hand pulling um peter or yeah peter out of the water it's like, I'm, I'm out saving you. My arm is outstretched. I am with you. I am right there. And then mighty acts of judgment, just you know, the mighty acts of judgment aren't against you. It's against those who enslaved you. It was for Pharaoh. <laughs> okay? So he says, I will redeem you. Is this good? All right, let's keep going. Here we go. I will take you as my own people. And I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. There's a couple of I wills. (laughs) I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. He's like, I want a people is what God's saying. He's like, does God have to have a people? No, God doesn't need anything. He chooses to have a people and he still chooses for us to be his people. He still is fulfilling this promise of like, I'm calling you out so that you can be my people. I want a people because I love it's hard to love when there's no people. And yet the very definition of God is love. And so God chooses to love and bring that to people. That's you and me. Amen. So we see these four promises that God has made to the Israelites. And honestly, that the same promises he still fulfills today in our lives. These promises have not gone away. This is the heartbeat and character of God. When we see how he responds to Israel, we see the character of God and still how he responds to us today. So when you read the Old Testament, you need to read the Old Testament. It's our story. It's our history. It's our spiritual lineage to understand the character of God and our sinful nature. Like, that's why you read the Old Testament. And it all points to this person by the name of Jesus. Jesus became the fulfillment of every single one of these promises for you and me. And so let's unpack these promises for us here at New Hope and how we talk about these four promises because they're attached to four words that we use here at New Hope, okay? And so if you have the fill in the blanks, I do believe I've made these fill in the blanks. Because here at New Hope, we have four words, and we call these our four vision words, meaning these are how we live out our mission here at New Hope. Our mission is to help those who are broken find wholeness in Christ. That's our mission here. 
which means we have a lot of broken people and we have a journey, we have a process, we have ministries to help you walk into wholeness. That's everything we do here at New Hope. Every small groups, um, it will start with growth tracks, small groups, equip. Like we've created a journey to help you walk into wholeness. And, and so during this month, we want to help you take a step. Whatever step that is for you personally, just throwing it out there. We want you to take a step towards that journey. And wherever you are, it might be different. And so these four words that help us live that out are attached to these four promises. We use the word connect, grow, serve, and go. Those are our four words. And you see them on your worship program there, right? So let's say those four words together, okay? Everybody ready? Connect, grow, serve, and go. And these words are attached to these four promises because we believe we walk into these promises, we experience wholeness. We experience the redemption that God wants for us. And that's what we want for you. And the first one is connect. This is where the lost get found, right? He said, therefore, I am the Lord, and I'll bring you out from the yoke of the Egyptians. I'm going to free you. You're not going to be a slave any longer, right? I'm taking you out of the land of sin, and that's where salvation happens. That's why the word here is salvation. When you connect with God, you get saved. Woo! (laughs) Like, Saved from all your sin. God forgives you. You, I mean, if you remember the book of Romans, right? Like the whole book of Romans is to say, God did it all. You couldn't do any of it. He saved you. He loved you. He sent his son. He died for you. He paid for the cross of your sin on the cross. No more sin. No more separation. You are now made right with God forever. That is how you connect with God. That's when you experience salvation. And now you're no longer in the land of the slavery to sin. Sin no longer holds you. Condemnation no longer is a vocabulary for you. You don't have to say it. It's not a part of who you are anymore. You are no longer condemned before the court of heaven. Amen? Amen. And so we want to help people connect with God. We want you to experience salvation. We want the lost to get found. Okay? So that's the very first start at the beginning of this process. And that's what he did with the Israelites. He took them out of that land. He's like, sorry, if you want to be mine, you can't live in that land anymore. I'm saving you from that land. And, and he, he saved them and walked them across on dry land, across the Red Sea. To me, that's the image of the cross. Jesus became our dry land from one side to get to the other. We couldn't do it on our own, okay? It's that whole Grand Canyon picture. You couldn't jump across Grand Canyon. You needed a bridge. Jesus is the bridge. The cross is the bridge for our salvation. He's the only one that made a way for us. Now, here's the good news. It just doesn't stop there. Because it's like mo- a lot of people, I actually, there are many Christians that that's where it stops. I got saved. That's good enough for me, right? It's my get out of hell jail, or get out of hell <laughs> free card, right? Get out of hell free card. You know, like, okay, I get to go to heaven. Woo, all right. But then their life still looks the exact same. You're still walking the same brokenness. You're still living kind of ignorance. You, you don't know a lot about God. If that's where it ends, you're missing out on the promises of God. You're only like leaning on a one-legged stool, which is very hard to lean on, right? You have to keep walking into the promises because the second promise he says is that he wants you to grow, right? He, he said it to them, and I will free you from being slave to them. Now I'm going to get slavery out of you. I took you away from the slavery, but now I'm taking slavery for away from you. You're not only going to think like a slave. You're not going to act like a slave. You're not going to live like a slave. You're going to grow. That's still his promise today. You get saved, and then you grow. This is what we say. This is where the found get freed. 
You get freed from the sin, the habits, the things that don't look like Christ. You get to walk on a journey from brokenness to wholeness. And that is where you experience true freedom. The more those things get chipped off your life, your soul, your heart, the freer you feel. Can I get an amen from those that have experienced it, right? Like, that is God's dream for you. That you would be connected to him and that you would start to grow and to walk into freedom and see that stuff just chip away and chip off of you and no longer be a part of your life and no longer think like a slave. Act like a slave. Live like a slave to sin. No, you get to walk in freedom. This is the journey of wholeness that God wants for you. But it doesn't stop there. Right? You keep growing, you keep going and growing nice. <laughs> nice in the front row. Because now he said the third thing, right? He said, I'll free you from being slaves and I will redeem you with outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgments. I will redeem you. The word's redemption. This is where we use the word serve, okay? For us here at New Hope. This is where we believe that freed people serve others. This is where you start to live into your purpose. This is where you start to find out what God has put in you to bless the church you're a part of. That you are part of a family. You're not all by yourself. You're not alone. There's no Lone Ranger Christians. That is an oxymoron. You can't do it. You're connected to a body and you're learning how to use what God put in you to bless the body you belong to. This is a part of the redeeming process. It's God returning you back to his original dream, meaning the Ephesians passage. He had good works prepared for you to do. And he wants to redeem what's been stolen from you so you can live into the things he has for you. The good things, the good work, the serving. Remember, we don't work to get saved, but we work because we're saved, right? It's not a get to, but it's I get to serve. (laughs) I don't have to, but I love to. It's out of the overflow of what I've already received. I've already been saved. I've already been freed. And now I'm walking into that freedom. I want to help whoever I can, whoever's beside me. If I'm a freed person, I'm going to serve others and help them to walk down that journey to be freed. This is the journey of finding your purpose so that you can experience the third promise that God has for you, which is what we use the word Go. And, and I'm changing the phrase a little bit to what we used to say. I'm, we're saying it this way, that God's people love people. That God said, I will take you as my own people. So God loves who? People. If we're a part of God's people, who do we love? People. We're to love people. <laughs> and the thing is, God is calling more people to be his people. And he's asked us to be on mission with him to help those people become his people and to start walking into connecting with him, to being walking into freedom from sin, to walk into finding their purpose so that they can help somebody else who isn't part of his people to become his people. And it just keeps going and going and going. Welcome to the church. It's been going on for 2,000 years. God has been fulfilling his promise over and over and over and over again, and we are still a part of it today. Isn't that cool? And so when you're part of a church, I would say when you're part of New Hope, we are very intentional about why we do what we do. There is no accidents here at New Hope where it's like, well, maybe this might be a good idea to do this one little thing. 
Like for us, it's like, no, how is it helping people walk into freedom? How is it helping people walk into serving? How is it helping people walk into reaching other people for Christ? Like how are we taking those steps to help people continue to grow? How are we helping lost people get found and find in Jesus and hear in the gospel? What are we doing to help accomplish the promises that God has? Okay? So these are God's promises. Everybody say God's promise. God's promise. All right. So how, what, what's the next step then? My phrase was God's promise, your purpose, and his glory. Okay? If God's already promised it, his promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. We experience all these things, not because of us, but because of who? Jesus. Jesus. All right. And so if Jesus did all that, then we have a, just a great response. <laughs> Here's my life, right? Here, it's a reasonable response for us to say, God, here I am. You've done all this for me. You're the one that fulfilled all the promises. Here I am. I want to walk where you want me to walk. I want to live the way you want to walk or the way you want to lead me. That's where I want to go, God, right? And so then we wrestle, though. We wrestle in life, and we wrestle because so many of us don't know our purpose. I So many Christians don't even know their purpose, and they wrestle with this question. And these questions are wrapped up in five questions, okay? These are the five questions of the human heart. These are the things that we wrestle with, okay? Questions of the human heart. The first one is, who am I? It's our identity question. Like, who am I? Where am I from? What's my source? What's my story? What's my background? Where am I from? Why am I here? That's where we start getting to the purpose question, right? So I'm here. Why? What am I supposed to be doing? What, what am I supposed to be passionate about? What am I supposed to be doing to use my gifts? Why am I here? What can I do? So that's the potential. What is in me that I can get to? Like, what's the goal? Where am I heading? And then the last one is that. Where am I going? What's my destiny? What's the end of the story for me? This is, this is, we all want answers to these, don't we? And, and as we want answers to these, honestly, so many of us never find them. So many of us go through our whole life trying to fill our lives with things that we think might possibly answer these questions. And the multitude of people die not answering these questions. And God did not intend that for any of us. He has given us the answers to these questions. We don't have to live in some mystery or think it's some like, ooh, kind of a thing. It's like, and, and you look at somebody that's living the life, and you're like, well, they found it. Why can't I find it? And really, you don't know that they found it. They're still probably filling holes in their life with that thing, even though it looks like they found it, but they probably didn't find it. And so there's this elusive it out there, and it doesn't have to be elusive. It doesn't have to be a mystery. See, the problem is there's a battle between two kingdoms that are trying to answer these questions in your life every day. And these two kingdoms are answering these questions for you in very different ways. Kingdom number one over here is the kingdom of this world. This world is trying to give you answers to these questions, right? And the world is led by a certain person. He's called the, the prince of this world. His name is Satan. He has an intent and a desire to distract everyone. That's his desire, honestly, to, to keep you off of the track, like to keep you away from what God would want. That's, that's his desire, is to kill, steal, and destroy God's vision, promise, purpose, all the things in your life. That is what he longs to do. And so the world, in general, and Satan himself, have a desire to answer these questions for you. 
and make you walk into those answers. That's the kingdom over here. You have kingdom number two over here, which is the kingdom of heaven, which is a reality. And in this kingdom, there are answers to these questions, and there is a God of the heavens, the creator of the world over here, who has the answers to these questions, who actually knew you before you were you. Who, when, when you were conceived, when you were in your mother's womb, he had a dream and a purpose and a plan for you. That creator of the world has the answers to these questions. Now, both of these kingdoms at the same time are shouting. I will say probably the world is shouting and God is whispering. The world is distracting and God is calling. He's trying to pull you into his promise, into his purpose, into his calling, right? The question is, which world, which kingdom are you allowing to have the most influence in your life? Because that's the one you're going to let answer the questions. Who am I? Where am I from? Why am I here? What can I do? And where am I going? One kingdom leads, honestly, to dissatisfaction, discontentment, restlessness, and death. By the way, it's this one over here. That's what the world leads to. You ask the billionaires, are you satisfied? (laughs) No, they're trying to go to outer space. Just so you know, there's nothing more in outer space. They're longing for something else, and it's not satisfying empty shape of God in their heart. Right? This world brings discontentment. That's what the world continually tries to bombard you with. Discontentment, 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 discontentment. Why? So you buy, watch, look, buy, watch, look, buy, watch, scroll. That is the intent of the world we live in. And we allow it. We do. We actually enjoy it we get a a thrill and a kick off of it. And it does things to us. But it creates a restlessness. There's no peace. There's no Sabbath rest when we live in that world. And honestly, it just, it leads to death. That's, That's what sin ultimately leads to final death. Death and separation from God. But there's a God who answers these questions, who brings satisfaction, who can bring contentment to your life and peace peace who wants peace who wants your heart to be settled in answering these questions where am I going when I listen to the answer from Christ it's not death it's life and it's life here and life forever who are you going to listen to in this battle? There's a couple of passages I just want to read real quick. 1 John 2 gives us this, the image of this battle between these two kingdoms. 1 John 2 says, do not love the world or anything in the world. He's like challenging us. Like, why, why would you love the thing that brings discontentment? Why would you desire to invest more into that? If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. He's saying you can't love both kingdoms. You, you can't be like, boy, I'm on fire for Jesus and I'm on fire for scrolling. I'm on fire for God and I'm on fire for finding the right car to make me happy. He's like, these are two different kingdoms. If you long for one, you're going to hate the other. If you trust one, you're going to distrust the other. 
He says, for everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes, from, uh, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires are going to pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives, how long? Forever. The answer to the last question of destiny is right there. Death or life, right? Um, it says this in Galatians chapter 5, gives us the image of God's dream, his kingdom, the things that he deposits in us by the Holy Spirit. These are the things he longs for us to walk into. But the fruit of the Spirit, so the Holy Spirit is heaven in us. It's God's presence in us. That thing births things out of us to look more like the kingdom of heaven, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance. In other words, patience, right? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which world do you want to live in? You choose every day. We choose every day how to answer these questions. So my question for you with your purpose, do you want to achieve it or do you want to receive it? Let me help you understand what I'm saying when I ask this question. The world says to find your purpose, you got to achieve it. You got to work your butt off. You got to keep hunting, keep looking, keep digging, keep read that self-help book, read this self-help book, go to that conference, um, watch these videos, keep achieving to find your purpose. Meaning it's all dependent on you doing the right work to get it. That sounds exhausting. And do you know what? Millions and billions of people are doing that and still don't have the answer. Or would you rather receive it from the one who already knows all the answers? who already knows who you are, who knit you together, who purposed your life from the very beginning, would you rather receive your purpose or try to achieve it? Because if you try to achieve the answer to these questions, who am I? Identity. Who am I? And the world's telling me this is who you are. This is who you are to be successful. This is who you got to be and what you got to do to, to, to feel important and, and, and like think about your source so you can blame and live like a victim because this is where I came from. And so because I'm a victim, I don't have to do this and this and I'm not going to do that. And so I'm going to choose to do these things. Why am I here? What's my purpose? Well, I'm here just to figure out how to make me happy because whatever makes me happy, that must be my purpose. And so I'm going to fulfill that purpose to make me happy. And do you know how long happiness lasts? About that long. Until you try to find that other thing that makes you happy. And then you find that other thing that makes you happy. You're trying to fill a hole that God can only fill. And you fill it with, honestly, things that are leading you to not being happy. What can I do, potential? Well, if the world's telling me, like, you can be anything. You can be whatever you want to be. Do you know, that is such a lie from Satan. Some of you are never going to be astronauts. Some, you know what I'm saying? Like, wrong. You're going to be who God wanted you to be. You can't be anything. You got to be what you are, right? And where am I going? The world is going to give me an answer, but God has a much better answer. So do you want to try to achieve your purpose or do you want to receive it from the one that has it? Right? It's kind of like this illustration. Let's say you need a heart surgery. There's something wrong with a valve in your heart, which is a pretty big deal. Because if your heart stops working, do you know what happens to you? 
yeah, not, you're done. Like, your, your heart's pretty vital for you to, like, survive, okay? And so, like, imagine the doctor said, oh, okay, well, cool. We, we see you need a valve. It needs to be replaced very quickly. Like, by the end of this week, we need to do this so that you can survive, so you can live a life. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and look online on how to do heart surgery. And I want you to go research different valves and different types of valves. And, and as you're doing that, you're going to have to learn how to do surgery on yourself because you're going to have to do your own heart surgery. And you're going to have to do it backwards because you're going to look in a mirror to make this thing happen, okay? So you're going to have to figure out left and right and right and left. You've got to think really hard to make sure you do this. And so for you to actually get this done by the end of the week, you just have to figure all this stuff up, get comfortable with like cutting yourself open and just pulling your ribs apart. Like just get, you just have to get used to that and figuring out how to do that. And then to cut the right valve, don't do the wrong one because that's bad. Don't do that, all right? Like this is the bad one, okay? Don't do, get rid of the good one. And, uh, and, and then once you get it all sewn back together and closed back up, and then, then you'll see if you live. Who wants to do that? Do-it-yourself surgery, right? Like, that's a new uh, hospital experience, you know? Like, if it makes you happy, you know, like, go for it. Um, no, that's trying to achieve your own life, right? You're trying to achieve to do the work to save your own life. Or would you rather have the surgeon that actually researched his whole life how this one specific valve works and he developed a very specific surgery to make sure that that valve goes into your heart with as minimal damage to the rest of your body as possible? And with that research, he's actually done it thousands of times already. And he is available on Thursday to go ahead and do that surgery for you. And you'll be in the hospital literally just like five hours. And you're going to leave and you're going to feel great the next day. Who do you want to do the surgery? The surgeon. That's receiving. When you think about your purpose, do you want to achieve it or do you want to receive it? You with me? This is the God of the universe. He knows you. He's not hiding from you. You might be hiding from him. You might be ashamed of some things in your life, and you're trying to like, you want your purpose, but you're kind of like, I feel ashamed. Come, You don't have to walk in shame before him. If you've been stupid, tell him, God, I've been stupid. Will you forgive me? Good news, forgiven. He says, awesome, can we walk together? That's his desire. So you can receive from him and walk into your purpose. That's why we're gonna be talking about the keys to unlock your purpose, Okay. I only have four minutes to finish the sermon, so let's, let's get trucking, okay? So this is what we're talking about. God's promise, okay? Connect, grow, serve, go. He wants you to be saved, to be, to be freed, to walk in redemption, and to be his people, right? Connect, grow, serve, go. And he is the one that wants to give you your purpose. So his promise, giving you your purpose for his glory. The world is seeking its own glory. The world doesn't get God's glory. You are often, and me, are seeking our own glory. Look at what I did. Aren't I great? Now, I'm not talking about, like, looking for affirmation. It's okay to look for affirmation. To be like, yeah, you did a great thing. That was awesome, that thing that you did. It's okay to celebrate, honor one another. We talked about that. But if you're looking to be glorified for it, and you start thinking about yourself more and more and more, now you're trying to steal God's glory. Your purpose isn't for your glory. 
Your purpose is for God's glory. In him, we were also chosen. You were chosen. Having been predestined, meaning he picked you before he knew you. He wanted you to be a part of his family according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God has a purpose for you. It is his will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Whose glory? His glory that we might be that. And you also, all of us, were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. You connected with God the gospel and salvation, the gospel of your salvation. I should have just read it. Um, When you believed, meaning you believed and you confessed, you were marked. You were saved. You were marked by him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit came in you, God himself. God's purpose in heaven, Holy Spirit connected to heaven in you. He's in you. The kingdom of heaven is in you. (laughs) Ridiculous. Right? (laughs) Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, our destiny, right? Until the redemption of those who are God's possession. What is the purpose and the end of all of it? Say it with me. To the praise of his glory. That is the end of all things. He purposes you, he frees you, he leads you, he redeems you, he calls you his people, he brings you into belonging, and he says, now here's your purpose. And in that purpose, I want you to glorify me. Because I want you to practice what you're going to be doing forever. I want you to get ready. Because when you see me face to face, oh, and you see my glory, you will be worshiping in glory. We get, listen to this. God gives us his promise. We walk into our purpose and we get to worship in his glory and we get to live in joy forever. This is not a bad deal, y'all. This is the best deal ever. God's promise and your purpose for his glory. God gets the glory. We get the joy. I want you to start unlocking your purpose by starting to walk into the promises, okay? This week, we're, we're, or next Sunday, actually, uh, we're going to dig into each of these four words, connect, grow, serve, go, okay? And we're going to dig into deep to help you understand how that works, how that key to your purpose works, okay? Because you have to unlock all of them. All of those per, uh, promises, that God, you have to unlock all of them to really start walking into, into God's purpose for your life. And so we're going to really dig into it next week. This week, though, I want you to consider some things. One, have you, first of all, have you connected with God and are you connecting with the body of Christ? The first word is connect. You're here this morning. and Some of you are joining together in groups and worshiping together this morning and you're connecting. That's awesome. I would say keep staying connected. Like, the less you show up on a Sunday, the less you worship with other Christ followers, the less you're connected. Because when we gather together, God does something special. He just does. He, he, and it's different. It's different than just watching by yourself at home later or watching the sermon later. God uses those things. Awesome. There's something special that God does when his body gathers together. 
and worships together and encourages each other and spurs each other on. So I would say keep connecting with God in worship on a regular basis on Sunday mornings, joining a body. The second way to connect is in small groups. And so if you have not joined a small group, that would be my encouragement to you. Connect, sign up today. We have a table that's going to be in the porch. It's out on the porch every single week uh, during this series. And there's going to be sign-up sheets for all these things because we want you to take a step. Whatever your step is to start walking into your purpose, take one step. And whatever that step is today, I would encourage you, if God's telling you to take a step by the end of this morning, as you leave, take that step and sign up for that thing. And it might be small groups. It might, small groups is just a group of like 10 people who get together during the week and they pray for each other. They read the scripture together. They may go deeper into the sermon that we preached on. And you're going to get encouraged and have a group of people that are going to pray for you every week. Is that such a bad thing? And you're probably going to eat together. Amen, right? You're probably you're going you're gonna to laugh together. You're going to play some games together. Like, there's nothing bad with small groups. So I would encourage you, maybe take that step. For some of you, in your next step in connecting with God might be in counseling or mentoring. It's finding somebody on a one-on-one to say, help me, because I want to be freed from some stuff, and I'm still dragging it around in my luggage, in my backpack every single day, and it is weighing me down. You may need a counselor. That's why we have a team here at our church. That's why we have people trained to do counseling and mentoring. And that might be your next step. Or it might just be growth track, you know, which started today. So I encourage you today, take a step as you go on this journey of purpose. Um, I want to pray. I'm going to ask you a few challenge questions. And then we're going to take a time of response in scripture or in worship, I mean. And so would you just bow your heads with me as we pray? God, this morning... I just thank you for your word and what you've given us. I, help us to not check out yet. I know there are things that you're saying to people this morning. There's some people that um, I know, God, right now, there are some people who you are trying to get their attention. You are just, you're shaking something up inside of them. You're shaking something in their heart. You're shaking something up in their, in their mind. And like they need to do something with it today. Would you do something today with them, God? Help them to take an action today. I have a few questions. Number one, for all of us in the room, if you're a Christian, have you been running more after the world or more after the kingdom of heaven? Which kingdom are you allowing to influence you more? Now, there's an action step attached to that question because today and this week, you may have to decide to set some things down to pursue the right kingdom. If there's something that's constantly distracting you and pulling you away from God, it's a good time to prune that thing from your life. Okay? Are you trying to achieve your purpose? Do you think it's just some it? Are you ready to receive your purpose from God? Are you ready to increase your faith in God and abide in Him more? Today would be a great day to start that. Have you been trying to pursue a purpose that you know isn't God's purpose? Might be a good day to surrender it. Set it down before God. In a moment as we're singing, I'm going to actually ask, I think we have a few of our prayer team members here, and I think Pastor Jim's available too. If we could have a few of our prayer team members available up front on either side. Um... If you want to pray with somebody while we're singing and worshiping, I would encourage you to come down when we do that. And have somebody pray with you. If God's working something in you, 
it's good to like let somebody just pray over there. Not there to counsel you, they're just there to pray, okay? And encourage you. So I'd ask Pastor Jim over here, maybe a few prayer members over here, if you could do that. Um, but here's my final question for those of you in the room, you don't know Jesus yet and you don't have a relationship with this God. Your first step is confessing that God sent his son Jesus and that he is his son and he died on the cross for you to pay for your sin and ask him to forgive you and invite him in. When you confess and believe with your heart, you get the promise of salvation. And so if that's you, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to say, you pray, you invite God in and I encourage you to come and pray with somebody right after while we sing in a moment because we're singing a song that's it's called run to the father it's such a great song let's not run to the world let's not run to our sin or our habits let's not let's run to the father over and over and over again because his arms are open with love his outstretched arm isn't there to slap you it's to embrace you so let's do this actually let's do this let's all stand together if you want Jesus and you want salvation, I'm going to ask you to pray. We're going to stand together, but I'm going to ask you to pray with me in this moment. So if that's you, make this prayer your prayer. Make it your words to God. But if you want to start a relationship with God today, right now, everybody just bow your heads. Let's just pray. Maybe you need to be praying for somebody who needs Jesus right now. But if it's you, you want to say, Jesus, enter into my life. God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And I should have died for my own sins, but I believe he forgives me of my sins, that he paid my price on the cross and that he rose again, God, and that he's alive. And I'm asking, would you enter into my heart and enter my life, God? Would you give me your Holy Spirit and fill me up? Would you forgive me, free me, give me your peace? I want a relationship with you, God. I want to walk into your promises. I want your purpose. And so today, I invite you in By the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now. Amen.